You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, August 15, 2021, by Sonny Bannon, Director of Ministries at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The religious authorities then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. I'll tell you a secret, there's a stool right here. That's how I look as tall as Lex Breckenridge. (sighs) On Thursday evening, I sat at our kitchen table with Clara. We chatted with Patrick about a wide variety of topics. And as we talked, she and I both started doodling. After a bit, The conversation lulled. Patrick left the table, and my daughter and I sat in silence, each of us focused on our impromptu art. She slid her noise-canceling headphones onto her head so she could listen to music while she drew. Inspired, I asked our Alexa to play songs by the legendary and local band Nirvana for my background music of choice. This should not be a surprise as I was born smack in the middle of Generation X. After hearing several familiar Nirvana hits, the smart device played a new to me song. It began with a steady beat rocking acoustic guitar, then in came some thrumming bass, and then Kurt Cobain sang into the microphone. Where do bad folks go when they die? They don't go to heaven where the angels fly. They go to a lake of fire and fry. 
Since I was on the schedule this week to preach all week, I'd been reading and rereading the scriptures assigned for today, meditating and marinating on the words and their relevance to my life, our life, current times. And as I listened to this simple and sarcastic grunge rock tune from the 80s and 90s, something about it reminded me of today's gospel reading. A quick internet search on the song revealed the following description. Lake of Fire was originally performed by the band The Meat Puppets and was written by their lead singer. It appears on their second album and consists of three choruses punctuated by two verses in the key of F major. Sorry if I missed that. Kurt Cobain was greatly inspired by the band and Nirvana covered this song on their MTV Unplugged album. There's a lot of biblical imagery in the lyrics and the lake of fire is hell. The song is about how the Christian church uses the idea of hell to scare people into following their beliefs. Just for the record, I'm not a fan of using this approach. In today's gospel reading, Jesus doesn't mention hell, but he talks a lot about eternal life, along with eating flesh and drinking blood. If those weren't concepts familiar to most of us, we would probably think the whole passage was strange or disgusting. But like many of you, I grew up in a Christian home where church was a significant part of our family life. It wasn't an Episcopal church, so in the many areas where the two churches were similar, some of the words we used were different. Formation was called Sunday school or Bible class. The title we used for clergy was preacher, not priest. We were led by a rotating group from the congregation called elders instead of a vestry. The Eucharist was offered every Sunday, but we called it the Lord's Supper. In other ways, the Episcopal Church and the church of my childhood were very different. While in my church we sang a lot of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, like today's scripture from Ephesians recommends, we didn't use a choir, organ, or even a piano. Both churches took baptism very seriously, but my childhood church didn't baptize children or babies, only adolescents and adults who were considered mature enough to make an independent choice to be fully immersed. And unlike the open communion that we offer here at St. Thomas, the Lord's Supper was only available to those who had been baptized so I was not allowed to partake in the sacrament for the first 11 years of my life. Oh, but I longed to participate in the Lord's Supper. 
When my brothers and I played church in our basement, we did our best to follow the order of worship we had watched unfold on hundreds of Sunday mornings. We carefully recited phrases we heard over and over from the communion table. This is my body broken for you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. We kept our faces solemn as we passed crackers and juice to each other. Like the adults who surrounded us each Sunday morning, we bowed our heads while we tried to understand what it all meant. Even though it shares similar language, today's gospel reading is talking about an experience of Jesus that is different from the events at the Last Supper recorded in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In the Gospel of John, Jesus had just fed the 5,000, and in today's reading, he is now teaching and confusing local Jews and his own followers by talking about them eating his flesh and drinking his blood. When I dug into commentary on this passage, I learned that scholars and experts disagree on whether John meant for this included story to point again to Jesus as the word made flesh, or was it meant to foreshadow the Lord's Supper and cause the reader to reflect on the meaning of this long-observed sacrament? And even though I am ordained into the priesthood of all believers through my baptism, see, Steve, I did listen last week, I'm going to take a lay preacher pass and not take a side in this debate on the passage in John. Jesus' words and actions on the final night he spent with his disciples and his words in this conversation with religious leaders both laid the foundation for the sacramental practice that Christians know as communion, the Lord's Supper, or the Eucharist. Communion was and is a deeply meaningful sacrament that plays an important role in my faith life. As I grew in age, experience, and exposure, I continued to explore this ancient spiritual practice. I sought out communion experiences across a variety of denominations, reread scriptures and teachings from mystics and spiritual mentors, investigated the symbolism, mold over the mystery, and willingly received the flesh and blood as often as I could. I used to joke that if I saw on the side, a sign on the side of the road that said, free holy communion, I would probably pull over. When my young family was new to St. Thomas, and unsure if we should make a commitment to this church. In conversation with Steve Best, he gently emphasized the centrality of the Eucharist and how this grace-filled community 
works our way from the rail into fellowship, formation, and service to each other and the world. We kept coming here. Karen Haig patiently answered my questions about every detail of the Episcopal Eucharist liturgy, and I nearly wept with joy when she asked me to consider becoming a Eucharistic minister. Yes, I don't need time to think it over. I've been waiting to share this gift, this connection, this symbol, this holy ritual, this sacrament since I was a child. After a few years of volunteer service as an EM, I was added to the rotation for our Wednesday morning Eucharist service. From time to time, Lex Breckenridge would startle the Wednesday audience by concluding the Eucharistic liturgy, not by saying the gifts of God for the people of God, holy things for holy people, but with a quote from today's gospel reading. My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood dwell in me and I in them. That, that for me is the heart of the reading today. God, who was incarnate in the flesh of Jesus, is equally present in us. Creator, Christ, Holy Spirit, God dwells in me and you, and equally, we can choose to dwell in God. Each time we come to the rail, we reenact this holy mystery. I accept the bread, and I do it for the remembrance of Jesus. Jesus as God in the flesh. I accept the wine, and I do it for the remembrance of Jesus. Jesus as God who bled for us. Even in times when I have to imagine this experience, as I watch the Eucharist through a screen or receive only the bread, I still experience the miracle and the mystery. I clearly remember the first time I had the Lord's Supper. My mom and dad beside me, the cracking sound of the flat, unleavened bread as it was broken, and the smell of the bright juice as I lifted the cup to drink, a newly sprouted seed of conviction and confidence that I would never be quite the same because on that day I had been marked as Christ's own. But honestly, I wasn't very interested in the idea of forever. Although I knew many people around me looked forward with excited anticipation to spending forever in heaven or felt genuinely afraid of spending an eternity in hell. However, the idea that one of these perspectives would motivate my choice to be a Christian did not and still does not make sense to me. If either the hope of heaven or avoidance of hell, if either one of those are a central tenet to your faith, I don't mean to take that from you. Jesus himself in today's translation of the gospel reading 
talks about living forever and eternal life. For me, whether eternal life and heaven is a metaphor, allegory, parable, analogy, symbol, image, or not, does not matter to me, and it does not increase or decrease my faith. This is oversimplified, but eternity in heaven is like the cherry on the sundae. A fabulous addition, but ice cream alone is already my favorite. I could never have another cherry on top of a sundae, and ice cream would still be enough. It's in those weird but wonderful words of Jesus that I heard during those sweet Wednesday worship services. When Lex would hold the bowl and the chalice and with his joy and confidence and love For each one of us, he would remind us that partaking in this holy meal along with the whole of the church across time and around the world represents a God who is present in each of us. And each of us is present in God. It's because of that transformative presence, that dwelling, that mutual abiding, that I chose to be a Christian all those years ago and why I continue on this journey today. And I'm grateful to walk it with each of you. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.